The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not lose. Come on, man. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Yeah, mate. Yes, he's the DB of the show, even though we have some uh, some over-the-top help for him today. Uh, we are Black in Sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. We're here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom, covering it all, laughing at it all, while providing a platform to be heard. So you know what we do about this time. We want to welcome our guests, okay? So he is... Born and raised here in Las Vegas, Cimarron High School standout, all right, man of great faith, NFL vet, current motivator of life. We have Ron Fox in the house, the third, the third. That boy good. Clap it up. <laughs> clap it up. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Oh, you got it. You got it. Thank you, man. We're happy to have you in here today. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to jump right in it. So how we start is we always ask our guests to give us a shoot your shot moment, all right? So this is a time where you went for it all. You know, where you bet on yourself. And we need a moment, you know, because a lot of people, they shoot their shot every day. But just give us a story when you went for it all, win or lose. Mm, well, I remember when I went undrafted, um, and, you know, obviously we'll get into that a little bit. But, you know, I sat home for two days in front of the TV okay. you know, by, the, by the cell phone waiting for a call. Didn't, didn't get that. Uh -huh. And uh, I remember when I got a call from, uh, you know, general manager at the time was John Butler of the San Diego Chargers. Um, he called me himself. Um, I remember having the conversation. He said, you know, how would you feel about being a San Diego Charger? And, you know, I got kind of quiet and, and he was like, uh, you there? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm here. And I said, frankly, you know, no, no disrespect intended. I'm like, but, you know, I, I expected a lot more than this. You know, so opportunity, I'll take it. I, I'll be a San Diego Zebra if it means I can play ball. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I didn't get a signing bonus, nothing. I got a handshake opportunity. I was one of the last cats wow. signed to the roster. Wow. And, you know, for me, I was like, you know, I'm going to go out there and just control what I can control. You know, I was a six-string cat, shortest dude in my position. <laughs> Everything that could have been against me was against me. But, you know, I told myself, man, I'm I'm, I'm going to prove that I belong here. And, you know, that was my shot, man. I gave everything I had, and it worked out. I love it. It did. Big time. So, background. Uh, we'll start from the beginning, man. Just kind of where your love for sports start and the foundation of it. You know, I was the only child growing up, and, um, you know, I wasn't really into, like, video games and, you know, stuff like other cats were. You know, so for me, it was just sports. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be outside dribbling the ball all night, mm -hmm. driving my folks crazy, you know, <laughs> running around the house pretending like I was running through cats, you know, with the football. So it was just – it was really just about sports for me. Um, it was just my passion at an early age. I remember being about seven years old, you know, when I really had a dream of, of playing professional sports. Didn't know how that was going to be possible, but, yeah. you know, it was, it was that early that I, I really started developing that passion. Oh, wow. So at seven, um, did you know what sport or just professional? Because you're a multi-sport athlete, right, yeah. in high school. So did was it just professional? I think I wanted to be a basketball player, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you know, go. I, I knew, though, real early, probably about – like ninth grade, I'm like, I ain't gonna be much taller. So <laughs> <laughs> I need to stick with this football so thing. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Jay Cole's going out of the 35. Uh, so <laughs> don't stop that. Don't stop no, I had that. to give him a rip on that. You know, it's gotta chase your dreams, man. Yeah, you gotta do something. <laughs> so um two parent household. Did, did, did mom and pops play sports at all uh, in their background? 
You know what? Not really. Okay. Um, my mom's played softball growing up. Um, my pops wrestled for a, a slight second, but <laughs> no, you know, they were super supportive though. And, um, you know, whatever I wanted to do, they were kind of supportive of that, you know, took me wherever I needed to go, did wherever we needed to do. But no, they didn't. They didn't participate highly in sports. You know, oddly enough, that is right. That is really because usually it's the family business. We always talk about, especially when you get it to a level that you that you've reached. Yeah, for sure. So, and I know about that wrestling boy. You 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 get put on your head or your back once or twice. You're like, man, this is not for me. <laughs> just, just just the attire was enough for me to <laughs> stay away from that. <laughs> the outfit was a deterrent. Right, right. It's basketball season, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So there you go. So um. You you played running. Did you do both? Did you play both uh, ways, offense and defense, in football, or only, was it just running back? Only for a short time. So well, I started playing in seventh grade. Okay. Um, and I started out at corner, and then mm. I started playing a little running back. When I got to high school, they had me at fullback when I was a freshman. Interesting. And I That's think I right. played. Yeah, I played a little <laughs> bit of defense, but by the time I got to varsity, um, it was just all offense. Like they, you know, I, I returned some punts here and there, but. You know, that's that was an interesting thing, too, you know, that I got to play at the next level, level, playing a different position than what I played primarily. That's crazy. So the Cimarron days. So one of our guests on the show, AP, mm-hmm. yeah. also went to Cimarron. So he he shot you out several times on the show from Cimarron. So we got the Cimarron days from his perspective. But from your perspective, how was Cimarron? Real similar to the way he described <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, Co- Coach Greg Spencer was 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 the real deal. He was he was real blue, blue collar, um, just rough around the edges, but he got the most out of you. You mm. know, he knew how to inspire you. You know, I, I tell people all the time, like when I got to college, I didn't understand like not practicing, like sitting out mm-hmm. for for anything. You know, because that that just <laughs> that wasn't, wasn't a part of what we did. <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, he really really was was someone that kind of trained me to to push myself to the limits and, and challenge me in a lot of ways. And it, and it probably wasn't the most popular way, you know, that he did it, but it, it was inspiring all the same. And, and got and, results, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and out of all the coaches I had to this day, he probably was one of the most impactful. Wow. Still. Wow. Okay. So when the, so you were a three sport athlete, all th- did you play all three years or four? Excuse me, four years through high school, all three sports, or did you start tapering down once you saw like, okay, this is where my yeah, shots really yeah, want right. to come from. How did that progression you know what? I, go? I, I I played basketball, ran track, and played football for my first three years of high school. Okay. And then my last year, I gave up basketball. So, you know, I kind of had already started making my decisions on fa- college. I already it, it found really, enough people. Yeah. It, it, right. And, and by that time, all they was letting me do was play defense anyway. So, I'm, I'm like, I got mine in, right? I'm, I'm done. I'm going to just run track and get myself ready for, you know, for the next level. What was the events in track? Just one, two, just four one by one, two. four by two. Yeah, I okay. wasn't running nothing longer than the two. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't happening. <laughs> Good stuff. So, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. The the going into college, moving into college, the recruiting process. I know you chose Fresno State, but what was that process like? And was there any other school that could have been? You know, um, so my my junior year is is kind of when I started getting attention, and the way that all came about was you know really unexpected. You know. Anybody that knows Cimarron knows it's been like a running back factory. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even going into my junior year, I wasn't expected to play. You know, there was someone in front of me. Um, oddly enough, like week before the first game, he gets into it with the coach mm-hmm. and Spencer didn't play. <laughs> so he wasn't around, you know, much longer. And, um, you know, it was my turn. And I don't know that I was ready. And so, um, you know, first game I did not play well. Um, he challenged me the way that he did. 
and things started coming on. Um, I ended up leading the city in rushing that year, about 1,600 yards or something, and uh, started getting attention. So, you know, I was getting letters and things like that. Right. So I was excited about going into my senior year, you know, mm -hmm. thought that I would, you know, get a get a great opportunity. Grades were on point, um, didn't have any issues there. And uh, my senior year, you know, I things kind of went silent for a minute. So it kind of scared me. I didn't really know what to expect. I was learning the hard way what recruiting was like. Um, UNLV, some of those schools were recruiting me, but I hadn't, you know, no offers. So probably midway through my my senior season, um, I go to the coach. I'm like, hey, I, I, I need to start putting something together so that yeah. I can, you know, get some exposure. Absolutely. And, um, you know, back then we didn't have huddle and all that cool <laughs> right. stuff. So right. it was like, you know, get your VHS tape, yeah. you know, let's cut it up and put it on there. Right. And um, so I, I worked on it myself. I got the tape together. And he's like, um, you know, we, we maybe need to shoot for, you know, some of these smaller schools. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that, that you D1 material. And I, I was tiny. You know, I'm like probably at that time, I'm probably like 5'8", 165, 160. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of understood where he was coming from, but it was discouraging. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I went to my high school counselor. I still shout him out to this day, um, Curtis Hall. Okay. I went to him. I said, listen, I, I need your help. And I said, um, you know, can you help me? put my tape together let's what do I need to do he said you do this he said you put the tape together he said you give it to me and tell me where you want to send it I'm like okay so you know I I started looking through my stack of letters and you know and I'm looking at who's been the most active during this time right so I send my tape you know to about six seven schools every single one offers me crazy wow. right so and the thing about it is I really didn't shoot high because I was kind of – he was in my head. Yeah. You know, you, you need to kind of stay on this on level. lower levels, right? Yeah. So, um, anyway, I schedule uh, four trips and um, University of Utah, Northern Arizona, Weber State, um, you know, one other Colorado school, I believe. So, I take all these trips. Uh, Ron McBride is the coach at Utah. I go there. I fall in love. It's, mm -hmm. it's a couple of Vegas cats there that, that host me. Um, I believe Clarence Lawson, Phil Glover, mm -hmm. some Clark dudes, um, <laughs> you know, they host me and I'm, you know, I fall in love. I'm like, you know, they got Steve Smith there, yeah. you know, Dyson, all these guys. And I see what they're building. And uh, so I, I commit. I'm like, all right, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. And uh, I come home. I'm excited. Uh, uh, this is in December. So our season's over. And, um, you know, Fresno hit me up. They offered me a trip mm -hmm. late in the game. And I'm like, it's free. I'm going to just take it. <laughs> like, yeah. Honestly, that was, that was my thought process. Absolutely. I'm like, it's free. So I go <laughs> take the trip, and I get there, and um, it's a lot like Vegas. You know, everywhere else I went, it's snowing. It's, mm -hmm. you know I mean, just culture shock to me. And it's a lot like Vegas. Um, you know, brand-new coach, Pat Hills, his first year. He's, he cleaning up, you know, the program, you know, starting, establishing something. And it was attractive. I was like, man, I really kind of want to change my mind. So I get home. I call University of Utah, the coach that was recruiting me. I'm like, hey, I think I'm kind of changing my mind. This was before, you know, they had all, all that, that stuff. stuff. Yeah, decommit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew nothing about that. <laughs> you and could so, even tell them you was in an entanglement at that or, time, right? <laughs> right, right. None of that. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to do what's best for me. Absolutely. Um, he uh, he asked me, he says, well, I want to come and visit you. Before? Yeah, mm -hmm. so – so he comes to Vegas. He brings the head coach. They come sit down in my living room. I still have it to this day. He gave me a packet. It was like the top 10 reasons why you should come to Utah instead of Fresno State. <laughs> right? So I'm feeling all kind of pressure. And then they're like, you know, hey, we waited on you all this time. Like, we kept the spot for you. Uh -huh. You know, they're telling me this stuff. You can play 
running back. You can play. So I'm like, all right. And, you know, whatever. As a kid, man, as, yeah. as, that's as a 18, that's a lot, it's man. a whole lot. Yeah. From, and from an adult putting that kind of pressure on you like that. But, I mean, that's their job, you know, at the yeah. end of the day. And they and it was true. They really did. They they offered me early. They waited. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so anyway, uh, I made the decision. I went to Fresno, man. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Despite that's dope. It. So you you talked about it. And, um, Pat, so I spent some time in Fresno. And uh, Pat Hill is still loved yeah. in Fresno because he did really turn that program around and wanted to bring the dog yeah. back into Fresno State. So how was it? playing with him and what because uh, he had that slogan any was it uh anybody anywhere any, yeah anytime. anytime yeah yeah it was real <laughs> I, I mean I, I tell people all the time like you know as a coach I had all these cool slogans like uh -huh. work you know willingness to overcome resistance keeping the faith man our slogan my senior <laughs> year was shut up and hit somebody <laughs> that was it like seriously and that's what we did we there went out is. we we hit cats and um <laughs> You know, it was it was cool, man. We really had a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. um, it and was a football city. Some talent too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah, my senior year, dogs, they man. played some real yeah. dogs. We played anybody. <laughs> my senior year, we we were ranked eighth at one time. We That's went into Wisconsin, beat them. We went to yep. Colorado, beat them. Oregon State came in, we beat them. I mean, pretty much anybody you put in front of us, we we was hitting and and, and beating people. So. It, yeah. it was it was real. That was definitely a mentality back then. What's the, what's the V on the back of the helmet stand for? The valley. So that's paint the valley red. So it's a green V because it's an agricultural valley, and then there's a red stripe through it. And and Pat Hill came up with that. To this day, they still don it. So you you came you went to Fresno State as a running back. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they actually they actually told me that I would would be a DB. Oh, they, oh, they did. told you. Okay, they did. Now, oh, now, okay. now here, here's here, let me tell you the truth. Okay, is I thought I would get there and change their mind. <laughs> so I'm let like, me return this. Play. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I get my hand on a couple some. balls, but I mean, when I got there and I saw Michael Pittman, I'm like, that's a D1 <laughs> running back. I, you know, never mind. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want none of that. <laughs> so. But it was it was rough, man, because you know I legitimately played one game of DB in my last two years of varsity football. Wow! And I believe the game that I played DB um, was the game that probably changed the game for me because that film was the film that I shared. It was, okay. on, the, it was so, on the cut up. Yeah, it was on the cut up, and I'm, <laughs> I mean I didn't know what I was doing. I was just running around hitting people, <laughs> and um, you know it opened some doors. But I couldn't backpedal. I couldn't do anything. So red shirt was mandatory. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I, nothing. <laughs> so 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 finally getting on the field and we i love the art of playing db i always talk about it so just talk about the process of finally having that whole transformation getting on the field and then you even played as a redshirt freshman so um yeah so, how did that whole happen so um you know like i say i remember first day we get there we're doing you know drills they got us in little stations i'm backpedaling i fall back backwards like mm -hmm. all the cats are you know like laughing or whatever and i'm just like this is this is foul <laughs> you know i, I really want to go home to be honest because i'm thinking of all the other schools that i'm like i could have played running back, running back. <laughs> right and um so our db coach at the time and, and he's still in fresno now he well he's back there but jd williams jd williams oh jd's the okay yeah so he mm -hmm. was our db coach at the time jd um had been a former first round pick was also a former, you know, Fresno State Bulldog. So he comes to me, he's just like, listen, every day you're going to stay after. You know, we're going to work on your fundamentals. He's like, we, we're not worried about nothing else, your fundamentals. So every day he makes me come early, stay late, 
I spend the whole, you know, first year just developing. And, um, I mean, he got me right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so that next year, you know, uh, I guess maybe two, three games into the season, uh -huh. the senior safety at the time, he goes down with an injury. I go in the game, university of Utah, make a few plays, block a punt, you know, make some tackles. And, um, we end up splitting time when he comes back. Okay. So, you know, every other series kind of thing. And, um, yeah, man, I just I had some time to shine. And, you know, from that point on, I, I started the next three years. You played with a number one draft pick out there. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> how How was that? And he's a brother of a, a local quarterback here as well. So how, how, was, uh, how, was, how was David Carr in, in college? Man, he was he was the truth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he was a good leader. It, it was cool because we all came in together. Mm -hmm. So that class was was super talented. Yeah. I mean, we had I think that my senior year, there may have been like six to eight guys that ended up going to the league, you know, and maybe like four or five. Pretty much at every position, we had at least one person go to the league that year. You know, he he obviously at quarterback. We yeah. had an offensive lineman, D lineman went fourth round, when a wide receiver went like sixth round, you know, a couple DBs. It it was it was real linebacker. Mm -hmm. So it was a talented team, and Dave, you know, led led the show. And really, he gave all of us exposure, you know, because everybody That's was coming point. around for him. See him. No, yep. it opened up the door for all of us. That's a good point. Well, you really didn't face adversity, and you shared that in your shoot your shot moment, because like you said, you know, it, it was slow, but you still got a lot of offers going yep. into school, and you know, just kind of going through your high school career and going into college, not getting injuries. So you had to be on draft day sitting there. Yeah. Then a Fresno State guy goes number one overall. Right. You just kind of had like, that's that momentum going, right? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> when did you kind of overcome, just like I've seen you in, a, in one of your posts talk about fear. Yeah. Did you have that fear moment and just said, you know what, I'm not going to sweat that I'm gonna, or change that? Or, or where did that attack of fear or, or how you, you give that baseline of yeah. fear? You know, um, that that was one of the more challenging moments for me. Yeah. Um, just because up until that point, you know, I had experienced nothing but success Absolutely. athletically. You right. know what I mean? So every team I was on, I was the MVP. You know, <laughs> high school, Pop Warner, you know, at some point at Fresno State. Um, and so I didn't understand not succeeding on the football field and not being good enough because that's yeah. what it felt like to me, not getting drafted. Mm. And, um, you know, that was that was challenging to, you know, your pride, your ego, all of that which was great, though, because that's what needed to happen for me. You know, it, it really was the next level of development of who I would be as a person and reshaping my character. That's awesome. And, um, you know, so I got there, man, and I'm just, you know, bottom level humble. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just working now. It's, it, it's, it's not easy anymore, and I'm trying to prove myself every single day. And, um, you know, it, yeah, many doubts with fear. Mm. You know, just doubting myself, not really knowing if I had what it took. And um, just having to overcome that and go and work every day, you know. And, and when you're a six-string cat, like, there's many days you're not even you getting get reps. reps. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so you like, I, I didn't even do enough today to prove myself. Like, yeah. I, I had one play, so I had to make sure that, that those one plays were perfect. For, like, I cannot make mistakes. Mm. And so it just it just drove me to the next level of commitment and making sure that I was right and, and giving everything I had and controlling what I could control. Commitment is a word that I – you touched on that I want to hit back, even in that college. So you were a, a semifinalist or a finalist for the uh, Dratty Award? I was one of the semifinalists. So it's 16 semifinalists, and then they, they awarded to one. And and the Dratty Award covers – it's not Division One, Division Two. It's like everybody, right? It's all mixed in. It is. It is. So it's uh, all collegiate football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those that's listening, the Dratty Award is the academic Heisman. So you got to be <laughs> committed on the field, obviously, to make plays. 
but more importantly, off the field in, in your grades. I, I, Reed Dowdy was a former teammate of mine and a teammate of yours, but he was a, a Drowdy, Drowdy Award uh, finalist as well. So there's not too many of those in the in the world that would just walk around as a Drowdy Award finalist. So talk about that honor yeah. that you got there. You know what? Honestly, <clears throat> of everything that I've accomplished, that probably was was the one that stood out the most to me. Wow. Like that, that was the most meaningful because for the first time, like what I was doing off the field was was recognized, mm-hmm. and it came totally unexpected. I knew nothing about a Draddy okay. Award. Okay. So you know, my senior year, I had been you know dean's list and all that stuff every year, and um, my senior year, you know, I make academic All American, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm one of the first at Fresno State to be honored in this way. They flew us out to New York. It's just mm-hmm. like the Heisman. Oh, wow. You know? So, Academic you know, my family is with me. You know, I get to meet everybody, you know, all these Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. coaches and players, and, you know, go to the banquet, you know, nice tuxedo. It was cool. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really cool moment, and, um, and it meant a lot to me just to be recognized for that because, you know, I really did give everything I could off the field. I, I always believed that the same effort, intensity, commitment that it took you know, to be the best football player, it took to be a good student, student. as well, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's why, you know, as a coach, I, I didn't allow players to make that excuse, like, I can't get it done, it's too hard, <laughs> you know, I can't, it's too much going on. Nah, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you spoke about just the talent of people that you played with, and you played for several teams. So, uh, you know, you started with the Chargers, and but the, they're not in any order, but the Broncos, Lions, and um, now – Washington football, Washington, football the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> and so on the Washington football team, man, you had a chance to spend some time with an amazing person that yeah. we lost too soon, man. Tell me about his energy. And, you know, for those that don't understand, I'm talking about Sean Taylor, probably would have been one of the most amazing in the game, former Miami yeah, guy. I'm a, I, I would jacket. just, yes, definitely go jacket, man. How was it? And I've even seen, you know, you had some pictures with him. Yeah. So what was that relationship with, like, with him? And then just tell me a little bit about him, man, being in his grace, man, in his yeah, presence. No, easily, and and I share this all the time, easily the best football player I've ever been around. Wow. Um, and, and I don't say it. And I've been around some good ones. Yes, you have. GLT, Gates. Absolutely. I mean, I played when I was when I was in Denver. Yeah, I played I played with three Hall of Fame DBs, Ty Law, Brian Dawkins. Dawkins, that's right. Champ Bailey. And I'm telling you, he was just – it's like he was created to play football. I just never seen anything like it. He would, um, you know, I tell a lot of people that don't know, he would take every rep in practice. So I'm talking like every rep with the ones, uh-huh. you know, he wouldn't come off the field. So, like, you have to fight for your rep as a two. <laughs> and then he stay in on scout team. Like, he was just a machine. Wow. He got there early. I mean, he would run home, run to work. Like, he was he was a machine, but just a good dude, man. Like I would sit down with him. He was humble, uh-huh. you know. And um, I, I remember having a conversation with him um, because I was blessed in in my first year there. And I think 2006, I got to start and play the last six games. Um, he and I were the safeties out there, and so we would sit down and you know try to try to build some camaraderie. And and I remember sitting with him at lunch, and I just I was asking him questions. I'm like, yo, how do you never miss tackles? Like, how was every tackle like? Uh, the, 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 the hardest the tackle, hard yeah, like the hardest tackle ever. And he was just like, I, I just don't stop. He's like, I don't think about it. I just keep running. Damn. And and I mean, it was little stuff like that. And I'll never forget. I was just like, man, you like you legit. And he was like, no, man, I I, I think you're a good player. And I remember when he said that, I was like, whoa. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I again, I had been around all kind of players, but you know, I just I had a ton of respect for him, man. That's awesome, man. So. There, we we always hear about the the grind to get to the league. Yeah. 
We don't hear a lot about the grind to stay in the mm. league. And you played for four different teams, eight years. I mean, that's that's rare. So yeah. talk about the grind to stay in the league. Yeah, it's it it is it is the toughest thing you can imagine. Um, the life of a free agent was just brutal, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I never one time in my eight year career I had more than a than a one year contract. Mm. You know, every other time and, and it was that year coming out of that two thousand six season. Got so, it. you know, I, I ended up starting the last six games, played way more than they expected. At the time we had the highest paid safety in the league on our team. Um, he was making forty million or something, and I ended up. Uh, Archuleta. I ended up playing. I ain't saying no name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I ended, off the top of my head. I ended up playing, <laughs> and and I wasn't making one million. And mm. so you know, coming out of that year, you know, they gave me a little extended contract or whatever, and and then lo and behold, they draft Leron Landry. So it was that was short lived. Like it was right. over. So that was my life constantly. Wow. Every year was like I had to fight to reprove myself and and find a way to to make a team every mm-hmm. year so for everybody you know that's watching it's like it's entertainment for them it's like fighting for livelihood Life, for yeah. us yeah so it, it definitely was tough to to stick Dang, that's the truth right there so out of all the teams which one do you i don't want to say claim because i mean you you, uh, you but some like have a better alumni reach out and right. so so which team do you spend like the most time or still connected with the most uh, you know what? For a long time, that that was the the former Redskins, um, and part of that was just because of the the connection of all of the players. The players, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Like like that locker room was a healthy, just cool locker room. You know, so and y'all went through adversity together. Absolutely, that usually bonds people I when you so. go through something like that. You know, so the loss yeah. of a teammate tragically. True, true, and it was just a strong. You know, for myself being a man of faith, like it was a strong foundational group of of you know faith-filled men you know randall l james thrash you know yeah. ronaldo win it was just a strong group so i stayed connected with that group but i still have ties to to uh the chargers to, to all of them yeah, yeah. okay yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't really root for anybody <laughs> right, right, nobody right. paying me so. <laughs> right so <laughs> all right so we want to jump in kind of the transition point so i think you made a, a great point and i'd like to transition talking about you are a man of faith when did you know your faith you know we all go through kind of where our spirituality it may start and where where did your faith like hit hard you know i um in college there was a point when i kind of i'll say recommitted myself and um really started living more of a a disciplined life and um when i went to the league honestly the the moment for me was was the moment of what was perceived failure you know what I mean? Not not getting drafted. Yeah, because okay. again, there was a stripping away of of all of the pride. Because for so long, man, I was just walking around thinking like I'm I'm that dude, you know. So <laughs> up there, right? Yeah. And for the first time, I'm like, man, this ain't gonna happen unless God make this happen. Like this is an impossible situation. And like, that's where He reaches you. He wants you to be down it. there, so you're listening to everything, right? That's it, man. So <laughs> so yeah, man. That that moment drew me into a point of intimacy like never before. And um, you know, I kind of just started maturing in my faith um and god put some people in my life to encourage me you know terrell fletcher uh, miles mcpherson you know there was a, a bunch of people around me even rodney harrison man was a great influence to me nice and just kind of you know taking me under his wing and uh man i just saw miraculous things happen in front of my eyes and it just it increased my faith you know you go from sixth string to fifth fourth third absolutely you know and i'm backing up rodney harrison he goes down in the first game 
and I'm starting the next four or five games. You go from <laughs> undrafted last cat on the <laughs> roster almost to yeah. you know you starting by your second NFL game. It was it was unbelievable. That's amazing. So <laughs> with that, from faith to now, you're the head coach of Faith Lutheran, <laughs> <laughs> right? So how did that come about? Because you know I've heard you say that you didn't even want to be a coach. Nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Most people, well, I won't say most, but a lot of cats, when they're done playing, that's a know, bath, right? they either go into the booth or, or they coach. And I didn't want to do either. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I, I needed like a, a, a debrief from football. Right. Because honestly, like my career just didn't end on the terms I wanted it to. Mm. You know, I, I I didn't get re-signed. I didn't even get a workout, you know. And I was I was healthy. I, I could still play. Really? You know, okay. I probably, be, you know, my acumen and, and my ability to, you know, play the game was at, probably at the highest level that it had been. Right. And I just didn't get a chance to play. So I really just needed to get away from it for a minute. Um, I trained for about a year. Okay. And, you know, nothing happened. I wouldn't even play fantasy football. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to coach, definitely. And um, I don't even want to hear you say foot around me. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I, was, I was bitter. <laughs> so uh, I get a phone call. Um in in 2013 and um you know they had a vacancy they told me that i guess for about three months they had been looking for a coach okay in about 13 different states it had been like 60 different applicants um <laughs> i had spoken somewhere about a year before that okay. and so they had a chance to kind of interact with me and but I, I again i i didn't go i wasn't looking to coach so i didn't put an application in nothing and um, they called me. I said, nah, I'm good. Oh, you passed on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They called me back Okay. and said, would you just be willing to sit down and have a conversation? Um, let's just you know, talk. Yeah. So, <laughs> We're just going to talk. Yeah, so I told my wife. I said, all right, let's go see what they're talking about. Right. Um, we sat down, you know, the CEO, the uh, athletic administrator, the high school principal. We sit down. They offered me the job. And um, wow. I'm like, I, I, I really need to think about this. Like, you know, first thing I told him was like, I've never coached a day in my life. First <laughs> off, you know, I played football for 18 years, never coached, like right. never coached pop one or nothing. You want me to be the head coach? The head coach. And, uh, you know, they said something to me, man, that, that I, I'll never forget. They said, you know, well, we know that you've never coached before, but we know that you're a leader and we believe in, you know, your leadership ability. And man, that, you know, spoke to me. Because mm -hmm. they, they saw something in me that I really didn't even see in myself. But, uh, you know, I spent a couple of weeks thinking about it, uh -huh. praying about it. And, um, you know, we made the decision to move forward. And, you know, that was it. I did it for seven years. I actually just resigned in February of this year. Uh -huh. But, uh, man, it was a tremendous run, you know. Yeah. A lot Absolutely. of success. And we'll get, I know you probably have, but I, since you did mention that, mm. the, the article is something that just said that, you know, there was really nothing behind it. You just was like, you know, that that's that's the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, same way I came in. Yeah. It's like it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, was it like, wasn't on my. It wasn't right. on my terms. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like it was something that God led me into, uh -huh. and and it was just as clear it's, that, it's that it was time. time to to move on. You know, and I did the same thing. You know, I asked for a little time. They gave me the month of January. <laughs> <laughs> I spent that time praying. You know, considering, thinking about it, and right, it was clear. I was nice. like, it's time. It's time to ride. So playing the game and coaching the game are two completely different oh, things. Oh, yes, sir. So, being as you as a head coach, no not even prior a position coach, coach yeah, like no <laughs> coaching experience. No. Just how I'm sure there was nerves. So how how was that? Yeah, it was process? rough. I mean, I <laughs> di I didn't know the beginning of building a practice plan. You mm -hmm. know, I had to hire and fire coaches. Um, 
I ended up having to be – now, this was totally not in the plans. I ended up having to be the defensive coordinator as well, mm-hmm. and that wasn't in the plans because I was just <laughs> trying to figure out everything else. Right. And so now I got to, you know, build a defense, and you don't know how much you don't know about football until you coach. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Like, I was like, man, I don't know what the D lineman's, but I don't know What's shade. What's this three-tech? Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know what a three-tech was. <laughs> like, I had to figure it's it all out. Shade. Yes. What are you talking about? Like? Yes, man. So, so it was a lot to learn. It was quick, man. It was like drinking through a fire hose. Oh man! And so I'm trying to process all of that at the same time. And I remember the first game, man. I my head was all over the place. So I'm trying to manage the game, you know, the, the clock, clock timeouts. Yes. You know, I'm trying to call the defense and communicate and talk to the coaches on the heads. Like I was, and just, you're dealing with youth, yeah. not professionals. And so. we got smoked. <laughs> so, so I'm like, uh, this was a mistake, bro. Oh, so I, I remember just feeling like this, this is not. Going good yeah <laughs> but it changed it did change no, i want to stay championship man so so my this first was year? my motto first year brother <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying too and that's why god. i'm telling you it's god <laughs> look at god yeah that's all god because <laughs> won't he do it <laughs> brother like me didn't know what i was doing out there and um you know oh. i just I, I had a group that believed uh-huh you know um you know, I cast the division. They believed in it. They ran with it. You know, the coaches were, you know, supportive. Which and, is great. Yeah, perpetuated. I had good men around me, you know, good um, support within the administration. You know, the school got behind it. That's good. The parents. It, it was it was amazing, man. We went 12-2. and two, So we lost those first two and, and never lost again. <laughs> that's just that crazy. Is unbelievable. That's just that, he, Hey, when you come up with your auto buy pick, that's just gonna be one of those parts in the story. They're just gonna be like, really? <laughs> like, like right. really? No, it, I, I felt like it was a lifetime movie. Like, I'm like, every week we was like beating teams we had no, no business I, beating. I, I mean, way t- more talented. Like, just everything you can imagine. It, it was just like it was. It was scripted. Now, how was it to the local talent? And I mean, I'm gonna ask two part. Just, just one the local talent here, because you know people. Um, haven't before looked at you know Las Vegas as a talent pool for for, yeah. for kids, but but how was it the level of talent for you? And then you had some like some names because I saw Dana White's mm-hmm. son. Did he what position did he play? He started out as a quarterback as okay. a freshman. Okay, and um he got injured, uh-huh. and when he came back, you know he he was aggressive kid, and so um we put him at at DB. There and, you go. And I mean, his thing was just, you know, he was physical. He wanted to just come down and hit. And <laughs> so he got a chance to play at the next level. He's at, you know, University of San Diego. Oh, know? really? But yeah, no, we, we had, man, we had some, 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 some kids over the years, man. Um, you know, the talent pool started increasing, you know, the exposure and all of that helped. And, you know, we just, we were good, put in a good position to succeed. Love it. So creating an identity for your team, you, you mentioned that. And then I guess, I guess it's kind of tough for kids nowadays to kind of find their own identity because much different from how we grew up yeah. where it was just we were trying to be the best in the, the neighborhood, maybe the city, and maybe we think about the state. And we didn't really know about what was going on in Georgia. Like, at least I, I didn't <laughs> right. know about what was going on there. But now so much of their lives are on social. So yeah. you can really know who your opponent is and, you know, 10 states over. And right? you're competing against them. And you're competing against for, you know, recruiting and all those type right. of things. So. I guess I guess it could be hard for a kid to you know have find their identity. So yeah, working with kids now versus you know when you played, how was that difference? What was the challenge and kind of hey, this is our team identity within trying to combat all those type of things. Right, it makes it difficult. Um, 
it it, it really kind of infiltrates the culture mm. because you have a lot of um you know selfish kind of mentality that you got to rid Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a constant fight, you know, to try to because I'm I'm a big culture guy. Like I was big on the the health of the locker room, you know, the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about being team firsters, which is something I you know stole from Fresno State. <laughs> but keeping the team first and not you know thinking about and that's hard when you right. constantly you know you know you got cats walking around bitter that they didn't get an offer. This guy got an offer. Yeah. So it was it was difficult to 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 override that. Um, early on, it wasn't as hard because when I walked in, like football, honestly, didn't seem like it was as important. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a lot of kids that seemed like, you know, it was just a hobby. It was just there. Right. So, yeah, we had to kind of, you know, show them the level of commitment and what it took to to succeed at another level. And then once we got that and then the exposure changed, it was like getting better players and getting, you know, higher caliber players kind of changed the culture a little bit, too, because now you had to compete with all of that at the same time. So, yeah, it's difficult. Um, so you have to definitely be intentional about fighting against that and mm-hmm. making sure you try to keep a team mentality in the locker room and keep the players' heads in the right place. Another thing that happened at Faith Lutheran, and this is interesting because my nephew played for this team. So <laughs> a coach at Mountain Point, this whole you know time thing where he's trying to give opponents, I guess. A little scandal? Uh, yeah, a competitive <laughs> advantage. And, and football is all about <laughs> sometimes competitive advantage in a lot of different ways. Ask Belichick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I ask a lot. Shoot, a lot of people. Yeah. So, just how was that? How, how did? Obviously, you uncovered the whole scandal by just being a man of integrity. So, like, yeah. how was that whole process? That, that was a weird situation, man. It had to be um, weird. You know, we, I think we we're probably a month out from the game, and um, you know, I got one or two emails. They come back to back. Okay. And um. You know, I kind of open it up and I see it's like, hey, you know, you're playing against such and such a team. You know, here's some information about them. And in the beginning, it's just it seems innocent. It's just mm-hmm. like, hey, their quarterback is this and, you know, that. They got a young guy here. And I'm like, okay, that, that's cool. So then I get more and then it's like attachments in there. And it's like <laughs> and, and this is not like, you know, how you can look at something and just say, okay, somebody's kind of fabricating this or, you know, this looked like a little catfish situation. Like right. I could tell it was legit because I could see even the things that they had concerning us, you know, and, and their scouting of us. And it was, it was specific to what we did. Mm -hmm. And, um, so at that point, man, I'm like, I I just stopped even looking at it. And, uh, and I replied back, I copied our administration because I wanted them to know like, Hey, this is my response. So you can see what took place. So if anything ever comes up later, you know, exactly how the situation went down. And it was a simple reply. I was just like, Hey, you know, thank you, but, you know, I'm not interested in cheating. You know, we'll prepare the best we can, go out and compete. We don't believe in cheating here. Um, you know, that's it. And and I deleted them. And that was the end of it in my mind. Right. You know, until, um, you know, it's game day. Um, just like every other game, you know, pregame, I'm out talking to the, the other head coach. You know, mm-hmm. just, hey, whatever. We had been speaking for, for months, texting or whatever. It's the first time we meet face-to-face. They travel down to play us. Um and I walked away from the conversation and I thought about it and I said, man, I, I probably need to say something to him yeah. for two reasons. For one, if if the shoe were on the other foot, I would want somebody to tell, tell me, me that right? this is going on. Secondly, I, I don't ever want this to come up again. Like, let's just say we come out and, you know, play well, well and it looks nice. like I took advantage of the situation. And so I, I kind of told him, I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know who you made angry, but, like, <laughs> man, somebody is, like, you know, got you it out. Yeah. And he was like, man, I kind of heard this before. He was just like, but, 
you know, you know, thank you for telling me or whatever. Right. That's it. That, that was the end of the conversation. Again, we got smashed. So it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't think about it again. I never said anything to my staff. I never said anything to the kids. Um, and about a month later, uh, that coach called me and he said, hey, I'm just warning you. You know, we figured this whole thing out. You know, I found out what's going on. It was a mole in our camp. He's like, this thing is about to go national. He's mm -hmm. like, so I'm just letting you know because, you know, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook. And I was like, okay. Wow. And so I told the players the next day because I knew it was about to, you know, hit. And I said, hey, guys, like, I'm letting you know this happened. I never did this to get attention. I never did this to get pats on the back. This was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's, nobody's even looking. looking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a teachable moment for you all so that you understand, like, these are the type of decisions that you need to make, you know, because ultimately, you know, it led to, you know, I don't know if it was positive, but, yeah. you know what I'm saying, I, I, I try to use that as a moment to teach them that, hey, we're not just preaching these things to you every day. We're living them as well. That's awesome. That's good stuff. You got them quick hits? I do, man. So these are kind of just random questions over your career. Um, real quick ones. So uh, first time you were starstruck, if you were ever starstruck. Some people think that's a disrespectful question. Nah, man. I, it took me a, a half a year to, to, <laughs> to not be. Um, junior Seau. Oh. So, so when I actually finally got to start, um, I remember just being uptight because that was his defense. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was afraid in the meetings. Like, I just – I wanted to do the right thing. And and I remember he called me Foxy, and I hated it. <laughs> but I wasn't saying nothing. Like, he was like, Foxy. And, um, man, I just I just remember, like, man, I'm playing with Junior Seau. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. on his defense. And, you know, so that was that was a moment, man. That's, that's a big one. Yeah, that's big. Shout out to somebody that you played against that, you you know, when you played, when you lined up, you was like, okay, that that's a, that's See, a the dog truth. there. Yeah, that's a dude. I'm a, I'm gonna say someone on my own team. Okay. So so in practice, I didn't want to check Santana Moss. Ooh. Like like okay. Santana was like uncoverable, especially <laughs> if he was in the slot. And I'm like no. So man, mad mad love to Tanner man. He was he was the truth. If you had to build your perfect for all the teams that you play with, yeah. you have to build a secondary. Mm. Two corners, two safeties. You can throw a nickel in there. Who would those be? Jeez. All right. So I say a corner, I'm going to take champ mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, man, I might take champ and Dre Bly. Okay. Oh, Bly. I yeah. like Dre and Bly. Then, yep. And then at safety, I'm going to go with, with B-Doc and, 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 and Taylor, Sean Taylor. Got you. Is there anybody in the nickel? You gonna you gonna throw yourself Self in the slot? In the, that's no, what I'm saying. No, I ain't gonna be in the nickel. No, no. no. Throw yourself uh, in the slot there. Man, um, Ooh, boy, quite a quite a few talented dudes, man. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna go on a limb. This is probably somebody that that y'all wouldn't even guess, but Car Carlos Rogers, uh, Auburn. I'm, I'm putting him in the slot. Ooh, like okay. just quick twitch. Yeah, he he was the truth. But yeah, Jam was the man too, man. Mm. But it was that many. That's what right. I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I was yeah. on yeah. crazy squad. I mean, man, I was on a hundred million dollar defensive backfield. <laughs> Sean Taylor, Fred Smooth, Carlos Rogers. Sean Springs, like Ooh. it was crazy. It was crazy. It's it's Ty Law. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, but is he a legit Hall of Famer? I think so. I mean, 
I mean, I play with Ty. I play with Ty. I'm on sorry, the, on, I, didn't mean to laugh. I, I play with Ty on the back end. Okay. Yeah, he was what, like, 35, so, 36 yeah, at I mean, that time. He, he was. He was. He was a. He wasn't. He wasn't contributing a whole lot at that point. I mean, but I mean, I had mad respect for Ty. His his days in KC. I mean, in uh, New England. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was a fan. All right, so, cleat our coaching wise, are you a cleat guy to practice or non cleat guy? Cleat man, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had to be a hard worker, man. I couldn't be that that chill dude. Like I was not like the vets that uh, <laughs> you know, during camp, like they never was practicing two times yeah. in one day. It was like uh, well, I'm gonna practice this. No, so I was I was out there suffering most of the time. Okay, all right, um. As a coach, I think everybody has a discipline type of drill, right? What yeah. was your like? Okay, what's your? This is the discipline drill. What was that drill? For me, I stole one from one of my coaches in Washington. So he had this deep ball drill that was suffrage. Like <laughs> he said, suffrage. Because first off, here, here was the main problem. The problem was that we were separated corners and safeties, which was not the norm. Okay, you know, so oftentimes that that group was together. But with this group, we were separated, so it was not many of us. It was just about four or five safeties, Mm -hmm. and it was rapid fire. I mean, he run you as far as you can go and throw it as far as he can go. High pointed. Yes. You get that thing, sprint it back, and by the time you got back, it was time to go again. And so, you know, yeah, I I, I did some stuff like that. (laughs) Nonstop. Pursuit drill. (laughs) I got it. Go ahead, DJ. So, um... We're going to jump into the winner's circle because I think there's going to be a lot that really ties with relationships because there's some other questions we want to get into about the different relationships you have and the things you're doing. So here in the winner's circle, you know, we just talk about a platform of what you kind of what you're working in right now. And uh, you want to just talk about um, just the speaking, the consulting and the life coach. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, either give light to each one of those or, you know, talk to them collectively. But how did you get into that? Talk about those. You know, my, my goal has always been to to just influence and impact people. And um, you can do that in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I mentioned that, you know, I've been operating in ministry for, for over a decade now. You know, I was actually um, licensed and ordained in 2014, you know, already operating in a call prior to that. And so that was just a part of kind of what I did. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm a firm believer in giving back, you know, a portion of what I've been first blessed with. I can always help somebody else, inspire Beautiful. someone. And so naturally, you know, that's kind of the, the lane I went into. Um, I started doing a lot of motivational stuff, um, which later turned into um, specific leadership training and coaching, team building, um, again, leadership development, and uh, later was certified as a, a life coach. Um, nice. Got blessed to, to speak internationally. And so, you know, that's my thing now is just speaking, um, you know, consulting, and um, also, you know, with the life coaching and, and I'm writing my first book. So, you know, all of that, man, I'm all wow. about trying to just impact and change people's lives for the better. How, how's the process of writing a book? Before? I have some other questions, but that yeah. how's that going? <laughs> One of the most difficult things I've ever done. Sure. Which really? is crazy because, you know, most stuff I just attack. I just jump on and just, you know, do it until I'm done. Mm-hmm. This book I've been writing for about three and a half years. Really? And and it and it's not. Is it like just about your life? Well, you know what? I started I started on a book like that. Mm-hmm. And then later, like my message got more refined because I started understanding like what people, you know, what hill I was standing on and dying on mm. and what had the most impact when I was going out speaking. So my book is titled The Three Piece to Success. And um, and these are success principles that I've applied, you know, to when I was a player as a coach. And, you know, in my mind, they're foolproof. 
I mean, it's it's three entities, and and I could tell you what they are because you know whatever it won't stop you from reading the book because right. you, you won't get the full thing. exclusive. But right. it's, uh, it's success <laughs> is intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> success is intentional. Struggle is inevitable, and faith is essential. And I just break each of those pieces down and give you you know true life lessons and actionable plans you know that you can um you know apply to to really achieving your own success. Man. It's been difficult though, brother. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost done though. Like okay. I, that book will be done by the end of 2020. I am determined. Exclusive, that man. Exclusive. No, that's amazing. And it, it definitely the book thing is uh that's a good move, man. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Now I, I'm a, I have to do it. So now I'm gonna be on you. So yeah. I'm gonna yeah. definitely do, just do it. I need text I need the accountability. Just, absolutely make sure you it. push through because yeah. you know, it's taking those things one, it shows because I want to talk to you about the transition too. Yeah. That's a tough one for athletes, right? Yeah, right. No matter what level, right? Because me and Miles talk about it, you know, like, <laughs> man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially, you know, you just see it or you're around it, you know. So for you to make that transition, one, to start your company, but two, to write this book, yeah. it's definitely um, a narrative that I push to a couple of people. Um, and so I definitely salute you and want to push you on that, man. No, I appreciate it. So how did you make the transition to say, like, because you've been speaking, like, a long time, yeah. it, it, you know, while you were coaching and things like right, that. Right. How did you make that transition to say, this is it, what I want to do? I mean, I know I'm doing these other things, yeah. but this is going to be a core. You know, it um, it was something that just kind of came natural. Okay. Um, when I was done playing, ironic enough, I, I went to an event. Ronaldo Wynn was a former teammate of mine with the, with the Redskins who lived in Vegas as well. So mm. we would we would hang out periodically. And he and I went to an event. There was a former player there. He was an older guy. Um, his name was Brian Holloway. Okay. He, he's a motivational speaker. He was there speaking, and I watched him speak for an hour. And, you know, afterwards, he took us back in the room, and he was just like, hey, man, you know, this is, you know, and I'm just like, man, I was I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Uh -huh. And I'm like, the whole time I was sitting there, I'm like, I can do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Like, that, mm -hmm. that just comes in. If you give me the mic, I can do that right now. And, um... And so I asked him to mentor me. I'm just like, show me what to do. How do I develop this and turn this into an actual, you know, career or business? Right. And so I, I started doing that. And, um, you know, man, I just I fell in love with it. Like I, I, I didn't even always have to get paid in the beginning. You know, I was just like, I just want to do this and impact people. And, so and that's what, what it, it is, doing. right? When, yeah. you, when you find that passion, then it's it's not, you know, work anymore. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that's why I'm posting videos almost every day so I was on gonna, social media it's so, like that's enough, I, I, yeah. go, that's a I go running and i'm like man something come to me i'm like man i gotta, I gotta get it out I gotta so, get it out so so give it to us um i i wanted to stay on topic of what you had right so you do these monday one-on-ones yeah 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 <laughs> but you have a series of them like you go from you know taking former players or yeah. former relationships that to people that you've had in the game you and your wife has recently yeah, done yeah, one yeah. that's dope that so is. so what is it about the one-on-ones that is it kind of like the is it a tactic or is it just you have so much passion that you want to share it? You know what, man? Like, I got mad respect for this. Like, uh -huh. like you know, for a long time, people was like, you should do a podcast or you should. And so that was the easiest way for me to just, like, start pushing it okay. and, and, and doing it. And, um, and again, like, I don't do that for anything. Like, nobody's paying me. I don't whatever. Um, but But my goal is to inspire, motivate and, you know, to educate people through that. And so, you know, I'm like you say, I'm doing all types of things. Like I got one coming up on mental health, oh, you know, but, you know, I'm excited because I just I just uh, secured Brian Dawkins. So in a couple of weeks, 
Me and B Dog going on. B Dog. You know what I mean? So that's who spoke on like his Hall of Fame speech. He spoke on that. And I like I still haven't posted, but I have that quote and it's that's real. Yeah. One of the most passionate dudes I ever been around. So Yeah, man, I just enjoy doing it. You know, it's it's an hour that I can just, you know, dig in somebody's life and, you know, just help them you know, inspire people as well. And share their story. I think the yeah. biggest thing that people don't understand is we all have a story. 100%. And we need to share that, you know, no matter what it is, yeah. everybody's story relates to everybody. Like there's there's some overlap and everything. 100%. So let's talk, so we're talking about this is what you do. What is the actual company name? Is there yeah. a company that you have or, or, or how's it formulated? Yeah, so it's Team VF3. So, you know, the story behind that is I'm Vernon Fox the third. Absolutely. The, and, um, the third. Yeah, man. I, I was able to. <laughs> junior, was, junior. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I was able to, you know, kind of just build it on that platform. I wanted it to be, you know, self-brand. And, um, you know, I wanted I wanted a stable company foundation that I could do a whole lot of things. You know, so more than just the, the speaking, man. It's a lot of stuff that, you know, we plan on doing, you know, some apparel and uh, building a foundation where we can go out and have a, even a greater impact on, you know, youth and, you know, a lot of things that we want to do with it. Kind of question with that, man. You know, my, my, my dad is a, a, a pastor, so um, pops. I always, I always kind of asked him about that and I, he never really gave me a direct answer, but <laughs> you know, when you, when you're dealing with life, yeah. life is a four letter word, but it's a big word for yeah. a lot of different people. I mean, life is tough, right? And, I think sometimes when you're a life coach or you're a pastor or a leader, sometimes people put you on a un, you know, earthly kind of pedestal, yeah. right? And you almost have to kind of live up to something that's not, you know, real, right? You're right. not God, so like, right. how, how is that a challenge or you know how how is that for you on on that end of the spectrum? It can be, um, you know, a couple things that I that I really believe in. One is is I believe leaders have to be led, you know what I mean? So I'm never trying to be you know, the top of the totem pole, there are people that I'd serve. There are mm-hmm. people that, you know, mentor me and mm-hmm. pour into me because if I'm pouring out, I got to have yeah, somebody pouring in. back into me. Oh my gosh. And then good. beyond that, like, I just believe in being transparent. You know what I mean? So I'm never going to be that guy that just, you know, paints this picture that my life is so perfect. And I wear this mask that, you know, it looks like I got it all together. Like I'm, I'm going to share my struggles with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe that really is, you know, the catalyst to, to helping people. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're on a level where you know you never come low enough there's some people that you're gonna miss yeah. because they're you're gonna feel untouchable so mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't believe in that i believe in being transparent and open that's big time man so as a speaker who are the people and as a coach right like just that whole genre yeah. you know are, are there people that you like you look up to or that you, you you copy from right you know there's a couple that we know and maybe some that we don't know mm-hmm. right like there's Et was it the et right ET? the the the, the hip hop uh, yeah, preacher yeah. or whatever whatever are there some people that you that influence you uh yeah most definitely um probably most of them are preachers okay um, but you know in in the industry so my my pastor is someone that you know I highly highly respect you mm. know who you know I, since I was 16 years old um there are a couple other pastors along the way um in the cities that you know I had a chance to play in that I still maintain relationships with people that mentor me. Um, and then there's some people in the industry, you know, um, you know, I'm thinking about, um, Anthony trucks is a guy I played with, but you know, he's killing it in, in this same industry. Um, you know, you got, I can, I don't know why I can't think of his last name right now. Tony, Tony, Tony Robinson. No, nope. oh, cause I'm about to say, <laughs> I like, I but you said a that's pro- a shame because I've been following him forever and, uh, he and I connected Okay, and, uh, he's been a, a major help to me. 
and I'm trying to find his name. That's a shame. I can't even think of his name right now. But yeah, um, my man Tony is is another guy um, that's been a blessing, man. Mm-hmm. Just kind of took me under his wing and, and showed me the ropes. That's awesome, man. So relationships, right? Once a dog, <laughs> always a bulldog, right? What kind of dog you talking about? I'm talking oh. Fresno State, man. Fresno State, man. Another, you're another dog, though, too, though, right? You cute? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm a, a, I'm not. That would have been something that, that, that was unleashed. <laughs> I, I thought that was another goat boot. So you had a, um, a a bulldog that you played with, Dante Marsh, uh, yeah. on the one-on-one. So it's funny. I had a chance to, 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 to hang around with a lot of your guys you probably played with. So okay. I'm just going to drop some names and tell me if you got any stories that I can, can t- t- take back. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Jordan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. Spock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. Um, man, you've been around a lot, huh? Yeah, man. Cam, Warrell. Warrell, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you play with him? or was I he? did. Yeah, I in did. the backfield. Yeah, Cam Cam was specialized in knocking people out <laughs> and himself. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was his thing. But with keeping those relationships, man, how do you keep those bonds with the, some of those guys? Because I, I saw you went back to Fresno State yeah. a, a while and, and also letting them share their stories. Because, like, I, I've known Dante, and I'm a big fan of him. Um, for what he's went through, uh, definitely pushing him yeah. to finish his master's degree. Like he came back and finished. Yeah. Then the boy went and got his master's. Man, I was on him about it. So, Absolutely. how do you kind of stay up with those guys and, and, and with that bond? And how does that help you become or uh, keep being a better uh, life coach and leader and speaker? You know, I think um, you kind of figure it out along the way which relationships are going to be lasting. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, man, that group is just a close knit group. Like. That Fresno State team, like, I mean, we have a text blast that just today we're texting, and it's a, probably about 13 of us in there. That's um, dope. But we stayed close, and, and Dante in particular, man, he's just he, – he's been like my brother. I, I mean, we've been connected for a minute. Man, they they influenced me so major in a bad way, probably, because <laughs> they was all from Oakland. And, yes, yes, yes. You know, man, they had me where I had a grill. and. <laughs> Man, they had me turned out for a minute. But, um, yeah, me and Dante, man, have always been close, man. So we've been able to – you know, one of the things that, that, that we do to one another is we, we were very honest with each other. So, you know, we'll reach out and be like, yo, man, you know, you need to fix this or, hey, you know, angle this up another way or whatnot. But, you know, those relationships have been, been great. That's awesome. Uh, another question for you. So I first – I mean, I've known of the FCA. Yeah. Um except it really wasn't around like when I was playing ball in the cities and places I was at. Um, I first ran into it actually being active in Fresno with Lauren, Lauren Bell. Okay. Uh, he was the one yeah, that yeah. was kind of running that. And I know uh, Carr was in it and, uh, and Isaiah Green. Is there a local facet of that here? And, and is it prevalent? You know what I mean? It is, man. And okay. it's grown tremendously. Has um, it? Okay. Yeah. It, it, there was no FCA presence, you know, when I grew up here. Gotcha. And so when I came back, um, I'm actually really close with the director. His name is Rick Strasser. Um, he's also the chaplain for UNLV um, Sports as well as um, the Aces. So he and I are really good friends, and, and I've actually lended a lot of time to FCA over the years. Um, I sat on the board early on okay. and then you know I've just been available and really we're talking about you know increasing my my involvement with with the organization cuz it's been a major part of my life and development sure. that's beautiful all right man well like i said man time flies when you're yeah. having fun um you've been doing it all show but uh we have this last part where we call the assist right this is where you get okay. to drop a jewel a mantra you know words to live by 
or you can do your faith nuggets like he yeah, yeah, yeah. like he do on yeah. social media. <laughs> but just just give us a, a a quick something to for the people. You know, one of the things that you know is a staple for me is is maintaining hope, especially in a time like now. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, with everything going on, the difficulty is that you know there's a lot of hopeless people, and and it's a hopeless situation if you look at it from you know a natural perspective. But I believe that through the eyes of faith, you know, as the Bible says, faith is something that you, you, you can't see, you know. And so, you know, for me, um, just maintaining expectation and hope, man, is the thing that can keep you, you know, prevalent and just keep you stable during this time. And so, you know, I'm just encouraging anybody, man, that's out there struggling is that, you know, understand it's not something that you have to see, but faith is being certain of what you hope for. And, and certain of what you do not see. And so, you know, through that, man, I'm just encouraging anybody, just hold on to your expectation, your hope. You know, don't give up, don't throw in a towel, and things will get better. Woohoo. That is Big beautiful. Time. Big time. Hope, baby. Amen. Hope. Yes, sir. All right, well, hey, we want to thank you, man, so much for blessing us with your time and sharing the story, man. There's so much that we could go into, but, you know, we only have a short amount of time to yeah, do yeah. that, you know. Um, we want to make sure we'll put everything in the notes and the show notes and, you know, uh, people that are watching here on um, YouTube, they see your uh, your IG. So make sure you reach out and, and tap into some of the content that he's pushing because it's some amazing content. And I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and please give us feedback. We are black in sports on all of your social media platforms. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And don't forget, we do drop episodes of the locker room. We're going to have to get you on the locker room. That's our short version, man. We no drop doubt. those episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, just wherever you listen to podcasts. So listen, stay safe, have hope, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got is sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. 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 Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Spat bouts and racks on hand made you rags. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. That's everybody from sports to conscious class. To